Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Run for the Song Podcast. Hello, everybody. This is another episode of Drum for the Song podcast. I am your host, Dane Campbell, and today I'm so stoked to have Brian Tishy on the show. It looks oh. like you're in your studio there, so that looks really cool. Maybe we can talk about that in a little bit. Because um, I believe you you kind of do some recording sessions from there, like remote recordings. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I've been doing, uh, I guess, more of that than ever since. Uh all this you know the pandemic stuff started but uh yeah but i but i I love i love uh engineering and tracking drums and recording and the whole studio process so i've had uh pro tools i don't i don't know for a long time now probably since like 2002 and uh gotten pretty good at it as far as uh you know making records and you know editing and everything that goes along with it you know from from miking up things and uh that whole engineer side all the way to actually you know running the pro tools it's you don't realize that years go by and you're getting better at it and it wasn't something you were had that with it you know had that goal in mind to do it just happens you know like hey i want to record myself and be able to do all that on my own and and then uh you know you realize hey wait i'm actually pretty good at uh you know editing and working pro tools and and uh you know and just you know working with people working with people whether it's you know guitar players singers and just you know the whole recording process but yeah it's a lot of fun it's always fun that's great man and i guess that's that's perfect for you because you you've kind of built a reputation um of being like this ultimate rock session drummer in my opinion i know you've played with so many different people uh, live and in the studio so it's obviously i guess an essential um part of your career now having having the studio and being able to do it yourself it means you can keep your personal costs down and things like that which is important um yeah well it, I, it doesn't it doesn't take that much um to actually get a studio going as far as you know what some might think that don't have it i, th- I think the hardest thing is the actual recording of drums you know if you have a a bedroom or whatever a living room and you know you have neighbors and stuff maybe the drums are the biggest issue but also you know in some respects you know the more mics the more the better for more options and stuff and the the bigger the room you know the bigger the you know, the more options as well but uh but literally i'm in i'm in my garage now i i had a uh i had like a, a studio house for a bunch of years and there was a there was a, i was about a year and a half ago there was a fire in there and I had to uh, get everything out and, and throw it in storage. And, and then I just looked at my garage, my house, which was stuffed. And I took a couple months and just went through everything and cleaned it out and figured, you know, instead of renting another place, I'll just set up in here, but it's literally a garage. So, but I wanted to get rolling that I didn't, I didn't want to uh, make it a big deal of like building a room inside a room and, and all that. I'm, you know, luckily we, we don't have many neighbors around, so the, the volume isn't a big issue. But um, I don't play late at night, really, and all that. But you know, we've rehearsed in here, 
taught in here, recording here, you know, all that stuff. But uh, basically, man, you just, I, I guess it's just, it's really just knowing a little bit about acoustics and just having a decent ear. You know, you, you put drums in a room and you listen to what they sound like. And, uh, you know, I remember when I cleaned out the garage, I stood in the middle and I clapped and I was like, oh, it has this really uh, unpleasant, kind of harsh tone happening in here and then you just start kind of putting up some soundproofing you know and the more stuff you stick in a room the more you know it sort of soundproofs and muffles it a bit so i tried to find a balance in there and then set the set the recording gear back up threw the drums over behind me and threw mics up and i was like all right there you go man you know it's, it's a drum set in a room as long as you know how to tune drums and uh you know place mics and don't you know you know you know get decent levels you know all that kind of stuff and you know and, and use your ear usually I, I mean it's been proven for forever you know you can get great sounds uh on on uh you know iconic records um in you know anywhere i mean the, you know zeppelin's recorded in headley grange and i know that's the whole when the levee breaks thing you know which they, they didn't go there for that but that's what came out of it which is amazing and then um Man, uh, from, from Kiss to Deep Purple, they've all recorded in non-studio environments, you know, and with great producers and great musicians, and they've ended up with great, great final results, you know. So I, I think you can put, you know, you can record anywhere, you know, as long as you have a decent, decent ear. That's great. I don't even know if you need killer gear, you know. I don't have anything special. I definitely don't have... Uh, anything like some of the guys I work with have or the studio I've been at, you know, but uh, at the same time, you know, I just read somewhere that, uh, God, who was it? It was uh, some famous record that the, the kick drum was uh, recorded with a 57, which you would never really think was, uh, wow. was, was a thing to, to, that you do. And I remember reading uh, on some YouTube record, Bono recorded the whole thing you know, all the vocals with a 57, you know, with all the choices he could have, he ended up using that. So, so it just goes to show, you know, it's, it's, it's not so much about the gear as, as much it is uh, about your ear, you know? Yeah. I think that's what I like. Like I don't have a lot of experience recording myself. My, my brother does all that stuff, which I'm very lucky to be able to have access to that. But I like that there's no rules. Like with drumming itself, there are no rules. And, you know, I'm, I'm always scrolling on my phone and there's all these drum groups that I'm in now, cause especially because of this podcast. And there's like big arguments over whether you should play heel up or heel down. And it's just like, well, there's no rules. So, you know, there's, there's benefits to, and, and limitations to both techniques and ideally use a bit of both, I suppose. But yeah, that's what I love about drumming that there's no rules. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm sure you, you agree with me. And I think that's what's great. I, I, I think the only rule is, 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 is to keep good time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, think, I think that's it. Outside of that, you know, um, hey, you can bash as hard as you want. You can, you know, tap as late as you want and, and tune however you want and muffle however you want or, you know, a close mic or only use one mic across the room and, uh, you know, and uh, you can play tons of fills. You can play no fills, you know. it's it's uh, Is it working for the song? Is it working for the band? Is it working for the session, you know, and, and yeah, so in, the, in that respect, there are no rules and it's, there's no rules with anything. I mean, for every, uh, you know, sort of rule that somebody may say there is, or you should kind of follow, you know, then you have a band like, uh, 
the white stripes come out and there's no bass you know you're like okay here's a song on the radio with literally no no bass it's a it's a drum beat a guitar and a guy singing on top and that's it and, and nobody seemed to care they I, they've done pretty well for themselves for, for a long long time with, with that concept i don't know i don't even i don't know if they've ever used bass i i um from what i what i know it seems like it's just the two of them live to in the studio and that's that maybe there's an over guitar overdub here or there or something like that but uh or you know maybe he's overdubbing the vocals but really there's no bass yeah <laughs> so so there there, there goes uh, that one rule out the window and i'd prefer to hear bass i don't think i'd want every band to not have bass but yeah. it for them, you know no but it, so so it's all it's all cool you want to you know um you know you know heel heel up heel down whatever you know yeah. the drummer tracked it and the bass drum's locked up and it's a good take and he used his heel up or heel down who cares nobody's even gonna know exactly know? exactly man that's cool so uh, if, can we rewind a little bit now and kind of tell if you can tell the listeners about kind of how you originally got into drumming and or music in general i know you play other instruments as well which is always a, a useful um skill to have i think as a drummer yeah um oh, i just just started playing drums because I, as a little kid, because I, I thought they were the coolest thing in the world. It was really that simple. I, I just started noticing at a real young age that I paid attention to a drum set more than anything else, you know, and, uh, um, and I started paying attention to the drums and music more than anything else, whether it was something on the radio or a TV commercial, I'd kind of listen. I couldn't even play drums and I go, oh, that's a cool sounding snare drum. Oh, I, I don't like that one so much. That's cool. You know, not knowing why, um, but my parents were musical and, you know, they could both play piano and sing. My dad could play guitar and, and, and all that. So they, they had me taking piano lessons, I think in God, like second, third grade, I took a couple of years and I didn't like it at all. And I had no desire or, um, interest really but it but it, it didn't hurt I, I looking back i wish i stuck with it and you know got better at it because piano is amazing and and i understand it but I, I barely ever ever play i if i had to figure out a chord and hit it you know i could i understand you know music theory and stuff like that so i i could you know find the notes and get something across if i had to but as far as actually playing no it's it's that's that's not going to happen at all um uh and and yeah but but uh whatever some, somewhere in there they 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 got me like a fake a fake drum kit from this store called sears it was like you could you'd have like sears and jc penny and they'd send you get these catalogs in the mail around christmas time i guess you'd always get catalogs but they'd have everything in the store and you'd flip through to the toy section and you'd see some guitars and drum sets and and uh i don't know if i asked for it but this was like third grade so i was probably like like seven or something and it, and then uh seven or eight and they got me this look fake it was a drum set but it was uh you know paper heads and no no hi-hat and there's like a maybe like a wood block and a splash symbol and <laughs> and uh you know and everything was like attached to the bass drum i think you know it was all like kind of welded on so you had a snare drum and two toms and maybe a little floor tom but the bass drum i remember sounded so bad it sounded like a it's like bing 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 so i never played the bass drum and, and i didn't know what i was doing i just knew i could keep time i could sit there and go dit, 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 dit. And i just put on kiss records and uh keep time and, and maybe i'd learn a fill or something and then that 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 drum set that fake drum set broke up broke up it was called a dynamite drum set it was like all made of 
cheap metal or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, I don't even remember, you know, I know the bass drum sounded terrible, but, uh, it wasn't about the sound. It was just the fact that you could have something called the drum set there. And, uh, and that thing broke up. And then they said, if you start taking private lessons in fourth grade, um, you stick with it, we'll get you a drum set. So that Christmas I got one and, uh, a leady kit, which is really awesome because, uh, I didn't know anything about leady at the time, but, um, leady was a huge brand back in the day, like pre Ludwig and all this, all that, they were one of the biggest, most popular, um, brands of drums. But, uh, I had that for a bunch of years and got rid of it when I got a new kit in high school, but I kept the snare drum, which I'm really happy I did because it has a really unique sound to it. And, um, I threw it in the garage and then I brought it, took it out and fixed it back up and started taking it on tour and recording with it. And then I don't know, some parts on it broke and I left it sitting around for a long time years ago. And then I, I don't know, five years ago, I busted it back out and fixed it back up and it's killer. So I use that uh, a lot now. It has wow. a distinct, distinct tone to it. So I've had that drum since, yeah, I was like eight or nine years old. And, but that was it. And I just started playing. I, I, I started, uh, I, I could, I just understood it. It just made sense like to keep time and, uh, you know, um, just the idea of, you know, beats and fills, you know, kind of made sense. And, and I love the, I just thought drums were the coolest thing. And, and a little bit down the road as a kid, I, I just kind of knew in my head, that's, that's, that's all I'm going to do. You know, that's, if, if I can do one thing, this is what I want to do. I have no clue how I'm going to do it and all that stuff. But you know, this is, this is what I like more than anything. So, um, so here we are decades later and still doing it. <laughs> yeah, man, this is so, such an incredible career as well. Um, I've spoke to a lot of great drummers on the podcast so far, but I don't think many of them have played for as many kind of prestigious kind of artists that you have. So um, with regards to recording then, what are your favorite recording sessions that you've done or albums that you've played on or ones you're most proud of or, or you think the listeners should go check out maybe? Uh, that's, that's, that's a hard question. I've played on a lot of records and, um, but yeah, I, I honestly, there's probably nothing um I'm more proud of, um, I think like credit wise, it's cool to say, you know, I played on records with, you know, well-known artists. I think that that's, a, I guess, you know, that's a cool achievement, whether or not I think that that's the best sounding performance or drum sound or whatever. That's a, that's a different subject. You know, yeah. I think I've gotten my favorite drum sounds I've gotten doing on my own, you know? Um, but, uh, no, I, I mean, I, I, off the top of my head, just, 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 uh, getting the experience to record with Steven Tyler, uh, for a, a single he released after he, he put a book out and put a single out, um, along with it. Um, I think it was called it feels so good or I think, and, uh, but yeah, just, I was working with the producer who co- who co-wrote it with him and we were doing something else. And he said, Hey, Steven's in town and I've, I've got drum drum machine on the song you want to do it tomorrow because we're all set up and we're recording and, and i was like Are you kidding me yeah so <laughs> but it was really cool just because you know we've heard all the stories about um you know i guess steven's a, you know he's a drummer initially and he could be maybe you know i don't want to say difficult but he could have uh, definite ideas of what he wants in the studio. And maybe that's become a thing between him and Joey Kramer or whatever. And I grew up on Aerosmith and I love Joey's drumming. And I mean, that was thinking back, that was 
uh, he, Aerosmith was huge in my you know formative years of learning how to play drums. So, yeah. So much of um, uh, it's just a, J- Joey's drumming is great, it's sensible, and you can understand it. And he plays for the song, but there's great stuff inside it, and he's solid as shit, you know. And I and I look back and I'm like, God, I played you know thousands of hours to Aerosmith records back then, you know. Um, but anyway, it's just to, you know, to fast forward all these years and be in the studio with Steven and, and he was super cool. And we had, you know, had the, I had the song, we'd like, we checked it out the night before when he came in. So I had my parts sort of planned out. And, um, but the, yeah, this is a bit of a long winded story to your question, but, but, uh, that's cool, man. Um, but it's just a cool story because I was totally nervous, you know, it's Steven freaking Tyler. Right. And, and, uh, so he and, marty the producer behind the control room window and all right go for it so i did a take and i, I they instantly go to the chorus and they start a being my drum take with the the drum machine and i'm like oh man they're, they're probably listening to groove and feel and you know am i locked in am i pushing am i pulling oh god steven's probably not happy you know i'm like bugging out thinking this is this could be a really sucky experience you know and why do they keep playing this AB, AB in these, you know, my version to the original? Like, what's, you know, this chorus? And, um, and Steven gets on the, the talk back and, he, and he's like, hey, do you, you have another snare drum with higher pitch with some more ring to it? And I was like, okay, they were listening. He's, he likes the snare drum on the, the demo, you know? And, and I go, yeah, hold on. I went and grabbed another snare and cranked it up and put it on. And then uh, I said, all right, cool, you know do another take and I did another take and they AB'd quickly again. And then Marty's like, Hey, come on in. I came in the control room and, uh, Steven looked at me and said some really nice things, complimented me. And I was like, cool. All right. So it was really about the snare tone and uh, the snare pitch. And, and, uh, and that was it. They played it. They, we listened a little bit here and there to this section, that section. And Marty's like, yeah, I think we got it. Steven's like, all right, great. And that was it. We we're done. So it was <laughs> wow. a two take thing, but yeah, I, but you know, those are great experiences to be able to work with somebody that's just your just if he doesn't realize how much of an effect his band and he him as a musician and singer songwriter has had it on me and you don't want to go in there and start babbling all about that you're there to do a job and you know you know make them happy with the drums but you're like man there's so much i want to say but at the same time i'm not gonna you know this guy he gets it all the time you know this is his life this is you know people coming up to him and so i just want to be cool and get the job done and I, I definitely don't want to see implications on his end that i'm bothering him by like over talking and babbling about you know whatever but anyways at the end of the day i was, I was loading up the drums and he came in to, and he starts just talking to me as i'm packing up and tell me he used to carry drums around he was a drummer too and it's just he and i in the studio at the end of the day and i probably could have said a lot then because i, I gained his respect as far as you know getting the job done in the studio, you know, but I, but I didn't, I just had a, <laughs> I, I probably didn't know where to start, you know, but, uh, but I, I did have a, a ticket, my ticket from seeing Aerosmith in high school, which he signed. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, but, but like, you know, so that, that was just really cool because after that he called me a couple years later to do a, a, a fundraiser, a John Varvatos fundraiser with him and, um, Joe Perry and, and, uh, 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 Robert DeLeo on bass from Stone Temple Pilots and and we got to rehearse the day before that and we just played I don't know like 10 Aerosmith classic Aerosmith songs and the rehearsal was just amazing to be in a room with him and Joe Perry and 
and play their songs. It's like they don't realize that I was literally, you know, a, a nine, ten year old kid playing the Aerosmith Live bootleg and Toys in the Attic and, you know, rocks and, and learning how to play drums to those two guys, their music, you know, that, that uh, I'm sitting here now playing Walk This Way with them and <clears throat> Sweet Emotion and Dream On and stuff I grew up, you know, learning how to play drums to. So that those, those, those experiences just make, you know, make it all worth it. You know, when you have ups and downs, you go, Hey man, I got, there's times where I've been in these places. I never thought I'd be. So, you know, it doesn't mean every day you're going to wake up and the phone rings for some iconic artist to call you and you're working with them. But, but Hey, if it happened here, here and here and here, you know, it's been decades later, I'm still doing it. Well, that gives you hope. It gives you hope to think that, you know, you know, as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, some, there's always going to be need for a drummer somewhere one way or another and hopefully with a little luck and decent timing as far as drummer timing and uh <laughs> timing you know just timing throughout your life you know you end up in a position where you can take advantage of those opportunities you know so um but yeah i just that's that stood out just because it was a it was a one-off recording experience and i don't know how many drummers have actually recorded with steven tyler you know um yeah. so uh um that was a, I think that that's, that was a really standout thing, but you know, also just writing, writing uh, and recording with Billy Idol, you know, when, when I was a drummer for a few years and we started writing together and we hit it off, that became like his comeback record. And we did a Christmas record and we did more songs for his greatest hits and a whole mess of other stuff that hasn't come out yet. And, and then just playing on records with, you know, foreigner stuff and, and white snake and, um, and even now, right, to, to, I don't know when I'm starting. It could be today. I'm waiting to get the tracks, but I'm starting um, a bunch of songs on Michael Schenker's next record. Oh, wow. Um, I, I did stuff from last year. And, you know, that, and that's the cool thing about having a studio is like they, they can, we're all in a pandemic. And his producer, they say, Brian, you, you know, can you do some songs on, on Michael's record? Are you kidding me? Like, you know, I've played with Michael a couple of times at some NAMM events and recorded one song from a long time ago. Um, but I've never been his drummer, like his touring drummer or in his band or anything. Um, but, you know, when they call you and go, yeah, it's like they send, send the session over and you, you get the stems and bring it up, start making your charts. You hear what the drum machine's like. Sometimes you ask him questions about, do you, you know, um, do you want me to stick to like the, the vibe of the drum machine or do you want me to go off a little bit or, you, you know, you just try and, you know, you want to send them what they want as close as you can get. And, uh, and, and then you got to kind of think, okay, what kind of drum sound, you know? And, but, um and and all that you know so so i i did a bunch of that last year but that's that's what's great about having a studio is literally i can uh just get a session right now and just throw it in the, in the studio and and you know get the you know set the well the drums and the mics are always set up but just to dial everything in make sure everything's in its place and check my levels and start making my notes and make my charts and and start tracking you know and and uh and get and get it going you know but uh it's it's uh that you know that, that that was a, a a cool thing to have. To, it's always been a cool thing, but it's cool in a pandemic where you're you know you can't go out on tour and nobody's playing live and all, everything's everybody's at home. You know, I don't have to worry about lugging drums to somebody's studio and and uh, working with engineers. You know, and 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 all that, which I'm cool with. You know, I learn every time I'm in the studio with somebody or with an artist or a producer, or engineer, and all that. It's all it's it's great, but uh, so it's, it's it's more satisfying when you actually do it all yourself and you send it to them and and they're happy they're, and you know I've, I've been doing a lot of stuff since last last summer with um with a mixing legend chris lord algae 
Oh, um, of course, yeah. He, uh, it was just a one-off song. You know, it was a, an artist that needed a, a, a drum track done, and, and my buddy Phil X um, was doing the guitars, and he, Chris was like, "Hey, do you know any drummers that could do this?" And Phil's like, "Yeah, you know, my buddy Brian." So they sent it to me, and Chris was happy. And since then, you know, he sent he sent me a lot of a lot of stuff over the past year, um, whether it was the same artist or different singers, a female rock vocalist, or a Czechoslovakian singer, or Slovakian, or Czech Republic, whatever you want to call it now. But yeah, yeah. Just different <laughs> different, uh, different stuff, you know. And it's it's uh, um, it's always fun because I you know he just wants the dry tracks. He just wants my. Um, which everybody gets, you know, when I send a session or the tracks to somebody, they have the dry tracks, but then also send them you know, a stereo mix of what I did to get the sound I got. Um, Cause I'll usually send somebody, you know, an MP3 of like their, their song with my drums mixed in, you know, yeah, and, I uh, and sometimes they, uh, they'll want to use, you know, the, 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 the plugins and whatever, whatever I've done to get my drums to sound, you know, beefed up a bit. And sometimes they totally like like somebody like Chris Lordalgy has he doesn't care he's he's a master at what he does and he knows what he wants to do so as long as my tracks are solid levels are good and you know the drums sound good he's he's just he does works his magic and, and uh, you know sends me what he's done and it always sounds great you know he's so yeah it's 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 cool to be able to it's, it's satisfying to be able to you know sit here on your own and go you know hey this there's an art to this and and uh, I I taught myself and i definitely don't know nearly as much as a lot of people but at the same time put me with a drum set in rooms in a room with mics and you know i'll be able to you know pretty much get the job done i think you know i've been doing it a long time and and uh you know it would also be a lot of fun to do it with, you know if you actually had an engineer if i had, you know but of course i yeah. learned I, I do it myself just because it's less talk and the you know more the more you can do on your own the more you learn you know but but have there's been times i've worked with people i've played on their stuff and they know how to run pro tools so we're working together and, and it just makes it easier as far as you know they're sitting there yeah cool do that or oh we'll punch in here or you know try this fill or you know you can get instant results when you're working with somebody who knows exactly what they want and you can work faster but yeah. Anyways, I've been babbling for one question for a while, but no, it's all cool, man. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, it's just nice to hear if somebody says, "Hey, I like I like your drumming on a record." Yeah, that's that's cool. But I think I mainly like when people uh, mention the the sound and mainly probably the snare drum sound because um, that means a lot to me. If somebody goes, "Man, your snare drum sounds great," you know, yeah, it's like everybody's got a different preference on what they like in snare drums. But if you can really you know, tune and hit a snare and get it to come through how you hear it in a mix. I think that's, that's, uh, that's not an easy, so much can be lost in the process of tuning a drum, hitting it, recording it, putting it through a preamp, EQing it, you know, blending it with the rest of the kit, blending it into the music and then mixing and then having that sound a la, you know, my favorite snare drums like Bonham, Van Halen and some certain Peter Chris stuff and uh, DeRozier and Bruford and, you know, it's like, you know, wow, how'd you guys, you managed to keep that tone all the way through the whole process and it's coming out in the mix. That's amazing, you know? Yeah, that is cool, man. Now, that's really inspiring and encouraging and the show that you can be self-sufficient, get the job done. So when it comes to playing songs on other artists, albums, songs or whatever, obviously you mentioned the, exa the example with Steven Tyler when he actually had... And a, lock, uh, a drum machine. Do they 
do you quite often get situation where it's just, this is the tempo, do what you want to do. And when you're in that position, you know, do you have any tips for the listeners or how to drum for the song? Because this is the name of the podcast and stuff like that. I'd be interested to know from someone like yourself. I mean, it, it, the simplest answer is, is you just have to be be smart, you know, and logical. Um, I mean, I think I, I've said it before, like, you, you don't want to play Neil Peart fills on an ACDC track and, and you don't want to play, you know, like Phil Rudd on a in a, a rush vibe session or something you know it's like you know, there's usually somebody's going to tell you something you know there's going to be somebody but i mean i've gotten i've gotten sessions where the drums oh my god like it, the drum machine is just you're like i don't even know what you're thinking <laughs> maybe maybe the dog was walking over the drum machine when you were <laughs> in record because yeah, i don't even i've gotten drum machine program from people that aren't drummers they have ideas in their head. I want progressive like metal drumming and they're writing this music, but then they just, they, well, I want a lot of ghost notes and I want a lot of fills and I want a lot of things, but it's like, they don't really know how to play drums. So they just, it's like, wow, man, there's these, these things are kind of cool drumming sounding things, but they're not really fitting with the song. And you have to figure out like how close do you stick to this, this stuff that you're hearing versus, you know, what would be better for the song. Um, then you just have to ask questions sometimes. Hey, you know, I, if I really, if I'm unsure of something, you know, it could be, a, it could simply be a, a bass drum beat where you're like, Hey man, the riff is on the, of four, but you're hitting the end of four on, on the bass drum. It's, you know, that can be a thing they, that could work, but it's sounding a little disjointed to me. Um, now, man, the drum machine was just thrown down, man, just to get an idea across. Don't worry about it. You know, you, you, okay, cool. And, um, Sometimes people tell you, you know, keep it simple or, or, or do your thing, you know, and, uh, you just, it's, there's no, there's no one answer that's gonna get you to, uh, I, I mean, in my head right now, I'm thinking when I work alone, you know, when people are sending me stuff, which I've been doing more than not now, um, or more than working with people in the studio. Yeah. So I have to think more you know i have to think about you know i want to get this i don't want to send them stuff and they go oh man change this 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 and this you know and so you go okay you can also tell by how much time somebody put into what they sent you you know if if uh i it's I, it's usually i i'd say i got a 99 success rate of what i send people you know that's great um which is is just trying to be logical like what kind of song is it you know is it is it an acdc style song is it a is it a metallica style is it uh you know but yeah you, know, you just is it progressive is it you know funky you know and then you, you have to be you know you have to be smart like by just listening to what kind of song you're playing to and, and go well i'm definitely not going to do this kind of thing in the song or i definitely can do this thing you know um uh if it's like more on on note artists that you know like up and coming hey i like your drumming you know i've you know whatever been a fan of your drumming well then they're going to trust you to make you know they're going to be happy not just with whatever you do you're still going to you know give them the same care uh, of the of the final outcome but but you know if you stick in a little bit of your own stuff a little bit of like a showy this or that they're usually like oh cool man thanks you, you know you stuck in a little bit of stuff that somebody else might not have done because you play how you play 
And that's what we wanted. We wanted you to play your style. And sometimes it's just a groove thing. Like, hey, man, you know, this is an obvious, you know, whatever song that sounds this way. And we want you to do your thing to it. And, and it's more about the groove, you know, and, and hopefully that uh, that's that's huge to me. If somebody, you know, I mean, that's that's as important to me as anything, If you know, um, or more important than anything is your groove. If somebody's actually hiring you because they like how you, you know, keep time and how you groove that's like because that i think that moved me the most you know when i heard drummers that grooved a certain way i was like they made a song feel a certain way i was like that's what i want to do i want to mm. be able to move the band and the song and then the listener based on groove you know when you hear bonham kick into like freaking misty mountain hop and he's like god don't do boom 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 it's just like i don't want to hear anything any other way there that's perfect you know and and it made me you know, his drums sound a certain way. He's grooving a certain way. He's, but man, it's, uh, that, that's so much cooler. Boom, 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 bat, boom. It's so much cooler than if he did some speedy super fill into some busy beat. Like, you know what I mean? He, 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 he fit the vibe of the song and he made it, he made it even bigger, you know, and cooler, you know, but, the, but as far as suggestions, I think it really is just, being smart and and uh asking questions if you know if you're really unsure of something um yeah. and but like i said everybody's different and and uh whether you're in a studio session with with freaking steven tyler staring at you when you're tracking for him you know you gotta let <laughs> your nerve you gotta control your nerves and just be you know think about why you're there you know i'm here because the producer thought I could do it and yeah. we've worked together before. Great. Well, he trusts me. So what am I going to do? The other, if there's one thing I do, you know, that's another thing. If there's one thing I do on this planet. That's okay. Is play drums. Well, this is the time to prove it. And, and, <laughs> and why would I, why, why would I, why would I puss out and let like nerves get the best of me when I have a chance to really, prove something to myself and to this guy that changed my freaking life. You know, that's been a huge part of my life since I was like, you know, nine years old or whatever, you know, like, come on, man, this, this is, this is what you what, Have you not been working for this? You know, have you not put a, put time into freaking rock drums to be able to play along to a click and in, in a studio to, to, you know, have it, you know, come on, man. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, like, like stage <laughs> fright, man. So like, you know, like, uh, um, I've had more stage fright just, uh, like, I remember filling in for my buddy Ray Luzier when he used to teach at M MIT. He'd go out and, hey, Brian, can you fill in this week or whatever, a few days? And I sit in front of a class. I've never taught in front of a class. You got 20 drummers. You're supposed to explain something. Yeah. I remember almost blanking out speaking. I had to stop. What the hell am I talking about? Because I'm like, I was so nervous. But put me in a behind a drum set in a, in a, in a big venue in front of a ton of people, what, you know, rehearsed, ready to go. Are you kidding me? Like, that's, that's like, that's what I dreamed of since I was a kid. I, I, I don't, you know, I'm not saying I'm not nervous because I'm so badass that I don't, I'm not nervous about, it's just, it should have some sort of confidence if, you know, behind drums, how long have you, how many years you've been playing you've rehearsed, you're in a band, they're paying you to be there and, and you've got a job to do. This is not the time to second guess what you do with your life. You know what I mean? No, you totally. want me to like fix your computer? Well, have fun with that that's gonna suck <laughs> and, and i'm probably gonna break your computer because i don't know what i'm doing you know <laughs> but but uh you know and with each experience you know whether it's studio or live you know you 
you get every that's that's a huge that's that's huge you know you can have all these tools and all these years of practice but there's nothing that changes those experiences of pressure you know each time you you're in the studio or you make somebody happy or you do a good drum track or you go play live and and you know you did a good job you know and the band's happy and you're not getting fired you know it's like all that stuff just makes you better it, it doesn't mean you technically got it doesn't mean you're paradiddles are going to get faster <laughs> it just means it just means you're going to sit down each time behind those drums and and play with more confidence you know and not and and i think see, it can go two ways you can either some people can maybe get cocky with it and think oh man i'm all that you know this is what i do you know i'm a, I'm a badass because i've you know look at me i'm here but it's like yeah man it's just like there's a thousand other drummers that want your gig and if you're a little too cocky and, and it shows or, or you start overplaying because you think you're you know you know, everybody loves what you do so much that you're going to show them even more than you need to now. And you're going to change the vibe of, of the song and, and, uh, and that could ruin it for you, you know? So you have to just be smart. Like, Hey man, it's experience, you know, it yeah. makes you more confident, but you don't want the confidence to overcome it to, 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 to trans transfer into your ego too much. You know, you just want to keep it, keep them balanced. And, uh, and, um, you know, in, whether like i said whether it's the studio or 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 live you know but but it does it does help and i tell i tell students that a lot and like man i want to show you stuff to make you better like you you know some students that oh i want to learn this thing and i'm like you can i can show you that thing but you're not ready to get to that thing yet because there's like these 10 other things you need to do to be able to do that thing comfortably right and um but uh you know, we, you know, that, that, so I usually, I'll teach somebody what they want, but I'll usually be like, Hey man, we should work on these other things first. And then, you know, even something like hi-hat independence, since we are on a drum, you know, doing a drum based interview here. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, like, like I've had people like local drummers and cover bands <laughs> where they don't really use their hi-hat to keep time, but they can cut the gig. I mean, I don't know if Lars Ulrich uses his, left foot to keep time i don't know and i don't care because he's in metallica and he's kind of done better than just about every other drummer on the planet for the most part <laughs> you know so you got to respect it but with that said the art of drumming i enjoy the fact that my that limb can kind of keep time and be on its own and it makes me play a different way and and then there's the other thing you know if you're fortunate enough to get into a band where you can do your exact style as you do it a la like angus young or or laura zorick or or whatever you know it, um, if, if that can be your thing and that's your personality, man, that's like, to me, that's the coolest thing in the world. You're in your own band, creating your own music and playing how you play. You don't have to play to make the guy in the session happy. You know, you, you know, you're not on a steely Dan session and you have to fit into the song like freaking Angus Young. You're going to do Angus Young. And that's all I need because you are amazing, you know? And, uh, so same with, you know, Lars, Hey, he might not be able to go into a session for some other bands and, and get, the, you know, they, he might not be right for it, but it doesn't matter when he's playing in Metallica, you know, it just does not matter. He's going to play those songs that he's wrote with his band as he plays them. And there's going to be more people watching him than, you know, just about watching and hearing <laughs> you know. us on drums, you know? So, <laughs> so it's like, but I still say, Hey man, you know, if you're a drummer, you know, the, 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 the part of it is, you know, there's, you got four limbs and there's lots of stuff you could do. And one of them is keeping time. And I feel like it's dancing on a drum set. And I, uh, I, I 
you know, so I've had to think, you know, yeah, you're cutting your cover gig, you know, and you're playing your, but do you, is that where you want to stay or do you want to get to the next level? Because you may not use some of these things we're working on right now with some hi-hat independence, but I'll tell you, once you get comfortable with that and you're, and you can feel it, it's like riding a bike, you know, once you get on that bike and ride and you feel that balance, it just never leaves ever again. You know, we all know that feeling when we were kids and your dad's holding the bike and you're like, uh, and then he takes his hand. I did this with my daughters. Take, take my hands off for a half second, put it back on a little bit more, a little bit more. And then eventually they're like, you know, you're riding, you're running next to me. You're not, you're doing it yourself. Then your body feels that equilibrium and that balance. And that's it. Done deal. Same with, you know, when you finally learn how to, you know, do something on the drums and, keeping two and four with your hat or eighth notes or quarters or whatever and you're doing some other stuff and all of a sudden you feel how it all works together you can't tell me that's not going to build your confidence and that's not going to make you um a better overall drummer and when you're in situations where you need to uh you know make other people happy not not just your original band which is like like i said it's i think that's the coolest of the cool is to have your own band and do your own thing and that's it um but if you're a studio guy, man, hey, that's that's also awesome. You end up having these with the great experiences. And if you can get it done and the producer's happy, the artist is happy, well, you walk out of there with that confidence and you walk out of there like, cool, man. You know, it could have it could have been disastrous. You know, I could have had a, a whole different story with Steven Tyler or or any sessions I've been in. Um, that was probably just the the most notable one because it's, it's Steven Tyler and it's you're playing drums with him and it's a one-off and we didn't, I mean, I think we met a long time ago when I was in a band opening a form, but who cares? You know, he didn't know me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but that, 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 that experience, then he called me a couple of years later to do a, a show with him and then, uh, called me, uh, then his drummer and his, uh, original band that he had a few years ago. Um, they're called, uh, loving Mary. She, the, it's the, the female drummer in the band. She couldn't do a gig like a, a corporate. So they asked me to do it. And, uh, so it's like, come on, now I've worked with Steven three times, you know, in three separate settings, you know, like playing Aerosmith stuff with him and Joe Perry, doing a corporate event and, and in the studio, you know, it's like, it's cool, you know, maybe it'll never happen again, maybe it will, whatever, I don't Hopefully. wake up and worry about it, you know, but, but I just know that that's, uh, that's all stuff, you know, you just, that makes you, you know, makes you more prepared for everything, just like, like in the studio, you know, ask questions if you have to, um, but you don't want to ask too many where you sound like you don't know what the hell you're doing. Yeah, you know? there's a fine line, I suppose, with with a lot of this is the, this finding the equilibrium between what you're you want to do, what you're capable of doing, what they're kind of expecting, and I guess you just got to try and find it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, but in the studio, just be consistent. You know, that's hit consistent. You know, I don't know how much. You know, it sounds simple, but it's a thing, and you know, I think all of us drummers know that we know that, but there is a difference between like a, a good, a good live drummer versus a studio drummer. I guess you can be more sympathetic live things happen differently live, but in the studio, you know, once again, who are you working with? What do you have to get done in there? How, how anal are they going to be with you pushing and pulling to a click? You know, like, I don't even know. Like I read that drummers talking, Oh, you know, I pulled back here. I pushed here. I, I'm like, I'm impressed because I don't know how to do that. Like I, I just know I hear a click. I try and yeah. stay with the click. Play on it. <laughs> I, somewhere in there, there's groove. There's the feel of the song and how you're going to play to that song to make it groove in a certain way. You know, which 
there's so much to do with, I mean, the space between the notes is huge, but I don't know about, I just know that it's, it feels feel, we all feel a certain way, you know, you're in a good mood, you walk a certain way. Some people walk faster through airports than others. Some people, you know, uh, everything affects you, you know, and how you do things in your rhythm and your groove and, and, and how things move you, you know, and, and we all have our own groove and, and, uh, I mean, God, like, who, who who doesn't love Steve Gadd's groove and who doesn't love Bonham's groove? But they're not the same. But, oh, my God, I listen to both of them. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, they're both sick. You know what I mean? And they're not the same. And and But then I, you know, there's tons of other drummers that, you know, may not be known for, like, groove or, or whatever, you know, that I love their feel. And I love how they make that band feel. So but it's just but but consistency you know like they, outside of that stuff it's man if you're playing a hi-hat like maybe i see it more from teaching and stuff but it's like you know you can't the snare you got to hit it in the same place pretty much all the time like i mean it's not gonna be exact but pretty much where you get the same sound kick drum you want to look at those levels i remember being blown away when we first got pro tools and i could see the waveforms and i was like oh my i can't this is the coolest thing you can you can actually see what you just did. And I remember, you know, some people in the studio are like, man, you're, you're consistent, you know, look at the, and yeah, you can look at the wave. You can see it. Yeah, There's the bass drum track, you know? And, uh, but it, and, it, and it can also be, um, a bit of a bug out, you know, if you're, whether you're, you're editing yourself or engineering and producing yourself or whatever, you can start like digging in too hard to those waves and looking at how you play around a click and go and, and, and uh, Oh man, I did a double on my foot, and the first one isn't as hard as what hard as the loud as the second one, you know. But boom, yeah, but it never has been, you know. It's and it's probably never going to be like you know at a certain tempo and a certain groove. It's boom, you know. So, but yeah, but is somebody going to look at that and say, "Oh, he didn't hit the hit the kick hard enough"? No, it's it's a feel thing. It's the way it feels, you know. Um, But you know, so you can't bug out too much. It's just. And then you turn the click off and you listen to yourself playing with the track and how's it, you know, and usually I'm like, Oh, cool. All right. I'm playing with the track. As long as it feels good, that's the main thing. And then I turn the click on and I'm like, Oh man, I pushed here. I pulled here. Uh, that feels a smidge rushed. Every time I go around the drums, I'm a little excited and I come out of the crashing early. Why do I do that? I've been playing drums for a really long time. <laughs> you know, what's a, uh, and it's like, well, because you weren't anal with a click as a kid, you were playing to rock records none of which had clicks you really in the That's 70s true. yeah exactly yeah uh, you know and and then then that brings up a whole other thing who cares if you're perfect to a click like yeah we have to play to a click and, and i get it and make it feel good but to me in the bigger picture the drum the drummers were the, the were the clicks were the rhythm were the timekeepers and and everybody should play the drummer and if the drummer is a good feel and if it's playing to him then who cares if it's a pushy or pulley thing because there's, i mean i always go back to uh um, what is it? Um, is it brown sugar? No, no, no. Honky tonk women. You know, the cowbell starts off. It's really slow. And then Charlie Watts kicks in. And then the verse kicks in. By the time they get to the first chorus, I don't. they're like way faster than they started. And then they even get faster, I think, into the second verse. Who cares? Like, has anybody ever complained? Was there... Was, one person at the record label, one person at a radio station, one person called in and go, that new Stone single, man, they speed up too much. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not going to happen. Like, that's <laughs> the Stones. 
And I know that's different than like a Nine Inch Nails song or something like that. You know, it's it's a different thing. They're both rock and roll, but they're different. But uh, I don't know, like Phil Collins, you know, like Genesis Abacab. Is he playing to a click on like Abacab? I, I don't think so. I mean, it was like, what, 81 or something, 83? I can't remember, but I don't care, man. He sounds killer. He sounds solid as shit, you know? <laughs> and uh why who cares you know so that 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 comes back to it's about feel but you got to be able to <laughs> got to be able to make people happy in the studio that's it so start by being consistent and practice to a click you know and yeah that's and, definitely um, really it's gonna useful. make it, it's yeah it's gonna make it it's gonna make it you have an easier time all the way around if you put the time into playing to a click and listen back to yourself and you know i used to record myself playing to records and listen back to myself like when i was a kid and like i could oh i pushed i pulled you know oh because that always put myself in the position of i want to be that guy in that band you know as a little kid as like i'm gonna play as if i'm actually joey kramer and aerosmith so that means i have to nail this whole track i have to nail this whole record i gotta nail aerosmith live boot like live because that's how he did it live so i i and that's how i would test myself like to see you know, and every little thing that flew by that I didn't nail in my practice years, which was, it was practice, but it was also fun. It's like, this is nothing, nothing else I want to do. I come home from school. It was like, oh, we're going out. My friends, we're going out to play or whatever we're doing. I'm like, I'll see you in a little bit. I got to play to an Aerosmith record first. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was cooler than whatever else, you know, but it was also testing myself, which I think was really good. And I, and I think that's probably why I can jump into like different bands because it's all drumming, but I also go like, there's no way I'm going to play Billy Idol's music the way I played like in Foreigner. There's a different swagger happening. There's a different feel, you know? Yeah. And, um, you know, Whitesnake, when you think Whitesnake, you think of a big arena rock, you know, there's, there's, you know, and, and Foreigner is arena rock, but it's maybe a little not as heavy. And there's maybe a little, you know, there's just some different stuff happening. And, and, uh, yeah, Billy Idol. I mean, she's huge songs, big, huge rock songs, and everybody knows them and loves them. And there's a lot of drum machine on them. But you know, you have to like. How if I go see Billy Idol, I, I want to hear that. I want to hear dancing myself. Like I want to hear that like a machine. You know, I want to hear tight eighth note hi hats. I don't want to hear sloshy this and that. I don't want to hear like, you know, Alex Van Halen, who's one of my favorite drums in the world. I don't want to hear those style hi hats on a song that's supposed to be, you know. Um, so I just try and adjust to that stuff and, and, but I think that's just from trying to imitate, you know, playing drums as a kid to, to records, you know? Absolutely. That's great, man. Hi, I hope you're enjoying this episode of drum for the song. I just wanted to briefly interrupt the interview to tell you about my Patreon page, which is a place where you can support the podcast and of course support myself. You can um, sign up to one of the three tiers on there. There's one that's £3 a month, one that is £5 a month, and one that is £10 a month. There are loads and loads of exclusive benefits to signing up, including bonus episodes, merch discounts, Christmas card for myself. Um, If you sign up to the top tier, I'll send you a pair of my drumsticks. Um, Loads of other stuff, so go check it out. It's patreon.com forward slash drum for the song 
And um, another way you could support me if you're interested, if you're not bothered about the Patreon thing, if you go to my official website, drumforthesong.com, you can send a donation via PayPal. So, um, yeah, thanks for watching this and enjoy the rest of the show. Drum for the Song podcast. Obviously, you mentioned so, some of the bands you've played with. Um, have, you got the mo- have you got any, like, really memorable tours or shows that you've done? Um, oh yeah. I mean, tons, tons of like, I mean, every tour has been memorable, like touring, touring with Vinnie Moore, uh, plays in UFO. He's an amazing virtuoso guitar player. And uh, I I was like 23 or something. And we toured the U S clubs six nights a week playing everywhere. It was my first time touring U S clubs for real, like on tour with my buddy, JD on bass, who plays in Black Label Society. And so it was me, JD, and Vinny. And okay, so that was just awesome to be in a van on tour playing all over the country. Like, yeah. just awesome, making barely any money. Who cares? You know, I was like, that was, and then in the middle of it, out of nowhere, which um, I wasn't even bringing this up because of this, but in the middle of it, we got uh, told by his manager, oh, er- Eric Johnson has to cancel his last two weeks opening up for Rush you guys are going to go open up for rush in what? arenas on the east coast and you're going to play the philly spectrum and two nights at Madison square garden and uh you know all the way up the coast of buffalo uh, up to buffalo like 10 shows in two weeks it was like oh my god i'd wow. never been pulling up in our van with my Tama swing stars from high school uh into an arena in the afternoon a, a bear arena that rush's stuff is in and rush is playing that night and i get to open up on their stage with my tamas that i got because of neil like oh my god so that that just that that whole little time period was amazing just to be touring clubs and then get in in the middle of that which was cool enough oh we're gonna stop that for a couple weeks and you're gonna play your massive square garden you know uh-huh. the place where you, your dad took you to see kiss when you were 11. now you're there at three in the afternoon looking at neil's drums on stage and you're about to set yours up in front of him holy shit, you know so yeah that was awesome but um, going to Europe the first time with, with, with Zach Wilde with the band Pride and Glory that we had and playing Donington, opening up Donington was amazing because yeah. we played with Aerosmith and Pantera and, and Extreme and and I had never been over there. That was cool. just amazing. And then to follow it up a year later, Zach stopped. Uh, we stopped he stopped doing Pride and Glory. And because of playing with Zach, I jammed with Slash a couple times and, and I joined in with Slash because he put out his solo record in 95. And I remember we were somewhere and after a show, I think Laurel Zora came to the show and he was talking with Slash after nobody introduced me to him. So I didn't like bother to jump in there. Hello. You know, but, but I, I just remember hearing them say something like, I was going, what the Donington? Cause Metallica was headlining 95. So I was like, yeah. So we finished our summer tour. And we had to fly back to England to play Donington, like because Lars just simply asked Slash, "You want to play Donington?" <laughs> it's like, so we put a call in Slash, you know. So we went. So that was great, just to play Donington two years in a row with with two, you know, um, guitar players that I I absolutely love, you know, and I got to be their drummers. But you know, and spend all that time touring with them, and you know, with Zach making a record and touring with Slash, that was all great. So Donington and all that stuff was killer, and going to Japan the first time, in South America with South America with Slash the first time, Japan with Zach the first time. That stuff's all killer. Playing with, playing at OzFest in 2000 Ozzy, it was insane. Just yeah, like, that, gonna, was, that was- That's one yeah, thing I would that, be like, what, like being in that position, like 
Well, one thing I want to touch on quickly is when you're learning other people's songs, for, exi- for example, joining Aussie or whatever, do you try and play them as close to the originals as possible? Or do you try and put your own kind of spin on them or a bit of both? I try, I, I try to be smart and I try, I try not to start with my spin yeah. at all. I, I, I don't think anybody's heard my, nobody's heard my spin on those songs. So who am I to sit here and go, Hey, everybody knows freaking crazy train is an iconic classic to hard rock song. And I'm going to change the freaking beat. <laughs> no, man, I, I, I do my homework. Yeah. And if, if it's, well, whatever, all these bands I play with, I know I grew up on their music. So it's like, I know what's going on. I mean, I le- learned how to play drums, the foreigner music, you know, I learned how to do a double stroke with my foot to hot blooded. That's where I learned. Like that's every time on stage playing hot blooded, I look over at Mick Jones and I'm like, you don't get it. I, in 1978, I was 10 years old and I learned to go bam, bam, boom, 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 bam, bam, you know, because <clears throat> of that song. It took like two weeks and it was, it sucked, you know, but eventually it, it I got it. <clears throat> but, awesome. um, that's quite funny. But yeah. and, and anyways, so like, no, I'm going to go in there with respect, respect to the songs, to the originals first. But then I do a couple things, which probably everybody should do. If you don't, you know, I'm sure a lot of people do um, if you're prepared and want to be prepared and want to come in and showing the band respect and preparation. <laughs> um, but yeah, you, you, you listen to the original and if it's a huge rock song that's on radio, you know, that, that drum part on the radio is probably the most important to the people that come there. Even if they're not drummers, they don't care about it. They, um, they, uh, it's, it's, it's a thing that if, they've yeah. heard a million times, whether so it, they bought the record or they just heard it on the radio, you know? So you want to stick to that unless the band has changed things or unless, you know, when you're playing a drum, like a Billy Idol song with it, like Flesh for Fantasy or Eyes Without a Face, drum machine stuff. Well, okay, do I want to totally sound mechanical or do I want to make it like, okay, it's kind of funky. Do I want to make it groove a little bit? Well, then you're going to go to talk to Steve Stevens, who's a musical, musical director, and you, you know, and as long as he's cool with it, you know what I mean? I'm defaulting to you, you know, because you were, you wrote it, you, you were there recording it, it's yours. So I'm going to default to you. And um, hopefully I start in the ballpark, you know, I give you a good feel and you're happy. But um, in the case where I've, I played with Jeff Tate and we, a bunch of years ago and we did the whole um, Operation Mindcrime record and then a bunch of singles, like I had to learn that record top to bottom. I remember hear, hearing as a kid and I thought it was really cool, but I wasn't like the biggest Queensryche fan. So I hadn't heard that in a long, for a long time. So what did I do first? And I was filling in for Simon Wright and um, they had just started maybe that year doing this thing, you know, the, to this, this new lineup with, with, with Jeff playing Operation Mindcrime in its entirety. So I went first to the record because I know Queensryche fans, you know, and, and I, and I think Scott Rockenfield's a great drummer. So first thing is, okay, the record is the record. That's what everybody knows. That's, that's the stuff. Then I would listen to Scott live during, like back then, live. Like, okay, what did he do? And then I listen to Simon. What's Simon doing? And because this is what I'm, I'm replacing Simon, but I'm replacing him doing a, a really iconic record with great drumming. So I defaulted to go right to the record, and and I just charted the whole record out um, because wow. I, I liked I liked what Scott was playing, and I also thought. If I'm going to come in here, there's going to be people that are like, you know, judging you, which there always are. But in that scenario, there's going to be more judges or maybe judges with that think they have bigger voices. But I want to make everybody happy. So it's not like a, it's some kind of battle or challenge. It's, it's as much as it is. 
there's Queensryche fans coming to the show. You know, J- Jeff is, he's the front man. He's going to do his thing, you know? And um, we're all, we're all not Queensryche behind him. We're like, we're not the band that recorded it. So the least I can do is just try and give the fans as close as I can to, to the drum vibes on that record. And, you know, the, the close to the same fills and the same beats and stuff, you know? So yeah, man, it's, 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 it's also fun to do that, man. It can be a lot. You know, it could it could be like a lot to remember where maybe some drummers do it better than me and they can commit it all to memory. But man, I I don't um I've done it and it usually gets committed to memory. But when there's like when you're going for that much detail, yeah, that's uh that's so, a tall order, you know. Yeah, but uh it is. So do you so do you mean to say you've written you've written them out and you have them next to you live or or just while you're learning? them um so it depends some sometimes live sometimes not like okay like with with like with something like foreigner white snake billy idol I, I never had like charts on stage just just i don't know why um maybe it was the amount of rehearsals or the or the the depth of how much i had to remember you know um, yeah. uh how much you know um something like a, a queen's song there's a lot more uh drumming happening and a lot more maybe like random bits like that you might have this little thing here that only happened once and then that fill that only happens once whereas in a billy idol tune you might have a groove that's happening 16 bars straight right into it this fill that you know into another beat you know what i mean so there's less to detail to remember yeah, yeah. less, less but, parts less bits and yeah i get yeah, it yeah yeah and and, and it depends it just depends uh but no like like for ozzy or like i said white snake foreigner billy idol most of the time, I don't have charts up there, but for the Queensrÿche stuff, yeah, I had a notebook, man. I wanted to, re- I wanted, I was trying to play every freaking fill, like from wow. the record, you know. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and even when I got better at it, I still wasn't confident enough in myself to go, oh yeah, I've got it, because I didn't want to go, oh shit, you know, like. Um, but I was behind a big drum set, and I, I'm definitely not like proud of sitting there, like. Uh, um, reading reading charts but it's like if i didn't and i just did my own fills and beats i didn't i didn't you know not not my own but just didn't pay that much attention i wouldn't have been happy doing that either you know i i wanted to you know and we didn't do that many rehearsals and i was only filling in for like a month you know which was great because it ended up being more filling like a year year later i did more and then i did records with jeff on his uh operation my crime like trilogy records he did you know so it ended up being cool but um uh But I mean, then there's somebody like, like I've done a bunch of shows with Don Felder from the Eagles and, and that is a machine and it's, the band is killer. Don's awesome. I'm a freaking huge fan. I mean, I grew up playing a hotel California and all that stuff as a kid. So my dad used to crank the Eagles all that time. And, uh, so these guys are a well-oiled machine when, when Don does a show, it's like, this is how we do it. And I'm playing to a click. And there's some segues and there's intros and there's like things, but everybody in the band is killer and they, they like clockwork, you know, they know what they're doing. So you just, and nobody has to, and, and in Don's world, you don't want to be a big showboat drummer, man. You want to just tuck in and get the, get the groove done and play for the band. And that's it. I don't care if anybody's looking at me. I don't care if anybody knows I was there. I want to make the band happy. I want to make Don happy. The people are there because it's Don Felder, you know? And um, so there's no, big swinging around smashing cymbals and all that stuff you know but i i put charts up because it's like man there are iconic parts there and i was never don's permanent drummer i was i was filling in 
So it would be like, we did one rehearsal and I can't, I charted out the whole set, went and ran, did a run through and all right, cool. See you at the airport, whatever, you know, and then we did a <laughs> bunch of shows, but, um, you know, uh, in, in those situations where I know I'm not going to be there long-term, it might be a week, it might be two weeks, it might be a couple shows, a weekend, whatever. I, I, it's pretty safe to say I'm not going to be able to commit that whole show to memory. But I also know these songs and love them that I want to, I want to, I don't want to forget certain key things that are in these songs, you know, and he changed the way some of the things feel, you know, live, like so, some, you know, his drummer would play it a certain way. So yeah, man, it's, it's, every situation is different and and it's more like it's up to you you know angus young alex van halen they don't have to worry about being a chameleon they can just enjoy being in their band and 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 being i just i don't know that i think that's the i will always think that's the coolest thing in the world i mean i've had freedom enough where i can do my thing in certain bands but it's always with respect to what's gone on before me you know yeah in um, yes. ozzy you, you had lee kerslick's way of playing stuff on blizzard and and diary of a madman and then you had tommy aldrich's way of doing it and and i love both and you know for example crazy trains like 16 notes in the hi-hat and the verses that's what lee did but i don't think tommy ever did that live and but i i love them both and i i don't even remember what i did with ozzy i can't remember <laughs> if i did but you know because because i don't think any neither can eat nobody can, <laughs> yeah i i don't remember um because it's a little dancier and a little dancey fancier if you're doing the 16th but on the single which everybody knows that's what it is but live in an ozzy concert is that necessary maybe not as much and and tommy i think he played it like more open eighths open open hi-hat eighths and wow wow and it works but i can't remember what i did i, I don't remember but but uh if somebody told me to do it a certain way, I would have done it. You know, yeah. so that's another thing. You go, hey man, if you guys want, I always ask, not ask if you're not yeah, sure. If you want something yeah. a certain way, just tell me. Yeah, you know, I have no problem. If you hear it a certain way, you know, I'm 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 the new guy here. You know, I just want to make you all happy. You know? Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. And um, yes, yeah, it's, it's not a thing that I've done a hell of a lot of, so it's really useful for me as well so when I start doing more of that kind of stuff. Um, can you plug some of your equipment quickly? What, what are you using at the moment? Um, I've been with Ludwig for, for a bunch of years now. Um, and uh, if I wasn't, I'd be buying vintage Ludwig kits and snares, you know, yeah. anyhow. Um, so it's great to be with them. Um, Peisty cymbals, because uh, there's a sound there that I need to hear when I... Uh, when I hit cymbals, you know, and they, they have, they have a certain thing. Uh, that's just amazing. Um, Remo heads, Remo been using them since I started playing, never changed. And that's that they're the best. Cool. That's interesting. <clears throat> yeah, never and, changed. Uh, yeah. 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 Always, always love Remo. And, um, whether it's black dots or the codeds or whatever, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it all, it all just works. It's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't even look right. If it's not a re if Remo's not on a drum, I don't know why it doesn't even look, it looks kind of wrong, you know, <laughs> but, uh, and then I, I'm using a, a, a independent stick maker, L A R sticks, Leroy, Aaron Rhodes, L A R oh, yeah. sticks. He's, he's a, a, a student of mine turned me on to him. Cause he like, I didn't, he's in the, wisconsin i think uh, you know north north part of the country and uh <clears throat> he replicates and duplicates sticks and and uh yeah and 
and uh, he made me some stuff, and I was just like, uh, I was really impressed. And and I was like, well, that's pretty simple. I just, I, you know, this was this is about a year, uh, this year sometime. Yeah, it was maybe the beginning of this year. He made me some stuff, and I was, yeah, it was. It was like January, February, and I was like, wow. Um, just did some great great work you know and and now and now that i know him i'm like there's a lot of people know about him he's always making sticks for people it's just he doesn't promote in this way like a stick company you know um but he, he makes great stuff and uh so it's lar sticks l.a.r. Okay. and he's uh you know he's on on facebook and and instagram and all that yeah so those are sticks and um what else cannabis snare wire uh which is awesome and I don't know. What else do we use? Flat uh, hard, stuff. Hardware stuff? What's uh, it's all pedals? Yeah, Ludwig, pedals? Ludwig pedals, Ludwig hardware. Oh, cool. Yeah. Keep it, keep it simple. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just look, go with the company. Yeah. Use their stuff. You know, but they, stuff. they make great stuff. Yeah. Great, man. And um, I, I saw on, on your YouTube channel, you kind of do, uh, well, it's called Breaking Down Bonham. So do you want to kind of talk about that pretty quickly for anyone who might be interested? Yeah. It's like, a, I don't know. Last year, somebody turned me on to this band Led Zeppelin, and they said the drummer in Led Zeppelin was really good. This guy John Onzo Bonham, something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, he is really good. Wow, I never heard of him. No, but but <laughs> I, I don't know. I just it was a couple of years ago, and I, I got to get on it more. There's only two broken down Bonham lessons right now. I have a couple more that after I had my studio fire, I lost the um, the video. I don't know how I, I don't know how mm -hmm. it happened, but uh, I had, mm -hmm. I had fool in the rain going where I, I recorded it, you know, and I got the tones and they sounded pretty good. And I charted fool in the rain out and I played to it. And I'm like meticulous about this, which is annoying because it's like, you're never going to get the sound or the performance as good as Bonham, but you, you want to do it where it's like, you're, you're respecting you you've put time into the, this, you know, the, the sound, not just the parts, you know, and, and I didn't expect to do that when I started with the first song rock and roll, but as I got more and more anal about it, what, what, what breaking down bottom is, it's just, it's like, I don't know where else you can get something this intense in, you know, with someone digging this deep into the song. Cause it's not just like, here's how you play it. It's me charting the whole song out. So there's my chart, like not every single little hi-hat written out. It's just like a general chart with everything in there. And then um, top to bottom, and then all my notes I made in preparation of what to explain in the song and things to think about. So you can even see like what I was thinking when I was trying to put it together. Then a video of me playing the whole song top to bottom um, with the music lightly mixed in the back. And then me playing just my, just the drums top to bottom. Then like an hour plus video lesson of me just going down the whole um, song top to bottom. But it's not, here's how you play bar one. Here's how you play bar two. It's, if you want, like, for example, rock and roll, okay, here's how you count the beginning, blah, blah, blah. That's one thing. But the whole song is two hands together in eighth notes, open hi-hat and snare. It's an old school rock and roll way, which I always associated as a kid with Bunny Carlos from Cheap Trick, because I'd always see him going, gah, 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 you know. But um, that's just like old school rock drummers. That's how they played. And uh, um, so that was Bonham's tip of the hat there, playing the song rock and roll in that fashion. You know, which the intro of the song is off of uh, um, I Hear You Knocking or Keep It Knocking, but uh, I Hear You Knocking. That's it. Awesome. And uh, which the intro of that that song is very, very similar to rock and roll, which is where John got it. I've told people, oh, you can hear it in your head like Johnny Be Good from Chuck Berry. Because you can hear where the downbeat falls on the guitar. 
what, so if you just instead of talking in terms of numbers and it's exactly this song historically, that's where he got it from. That's cool. But musically, if you really want to hear it in your head, how to hear the beginning, just think of something that's more well known than the Little Richard song, which is Johnny Be Good. And think of the guitar, you know, and, and so because I've seen some people write. It's not from Johnny B. Good. It's from the Little Richards. Yeah, I know, but it's not as easy to hear musically. You know, you want to grab it in your head and hear the intent of what it is. You, listen, you know, think of the Johnny B. Good guitar riff. But anyways, I go through the whole song, but I also did it with the three Mike Glenn Johns technique because I started bugging out on trying to tune my drums like bottoms, which was just not easy. Like I got the toms, that was okay, but trying to blend in three mics and you know, I, I, mimicking something they did in nineteen. 70 you know what I mean? it was <laughs> yeah. just, it's like a tall order but i went for it and i got pretty close like with the kick and the snare and once you get close you go well i guess this is what i'm going to do every time because then i did the crunch next and the crunch is a totally different drum sound and i think that might even they might even slow that song down a smidge because i remember my bass drum which is also 26 same as bonham's i had it tuned and his was lower and then his hi-hat pitch seemed lower so it's like Oh man, because they were messing around with tape speed back then. You know, they sped yeah, yeah. when the levy breaks down, no quarters sped down. They'd slow down a song, plant would sing, then they'd speed the song back up. They were doing a lot of that stuff, you know. So, um, but anyways, so th that's what's there. But it's really, I, I haven't promoted it much, but anybody that's that's signed in and bought it and got it's all been great feedback because I I don't know. You can go on YouTube and watch a ton of people talking about Bonham and playing Bonham, but it's really, it's not only about how to play the song, it's here's, it's, it's, how, this is all the stuff in the song, but these are exercises as well to get to learn how to play those parts of the song. Instead of just play this, do this, it's like, but don't just do that. You have to do this first, you know? Yeah. And I, that's why it takes a while. That's why it's like an hour long video. And then even the ending, the ending of rock and roll, but all that, it's like, there's a lot going on there and it's not just here's how you do it you have to know how to do certain things to get to that so i put more time into it then you have to edit it all and, and then i'm balancing the um the audio from the pro tools and syncing it up with the video it took a long time um and that's probably why i haven't done more of it because it does take a while and it's yeah. a dedicated thing like i'm going to dig in to fool in the rain today i'm going to bug out for hours on getting the snare drum sound right the mics right he's i mean that was done at polar studios in sweden in this huge room with an amazing sound and i'm in a garage but i'm still gonna try you know what i mean yeah. still try to get a get a close get somewhere in the ballpark uh but yeah that's it man it's at briantishy.com and it's breaking down bottom and like i said right now it, but it doesn't matter there's only two songs if you haven't you know signed up for either one of those then whatever dig in try one and and see what you think because uh it's not like oh cool i bought what I, I bought this one today there's 10 others so i'm gonna do the other 10. it's gonna take a while yeah i was <laughs> gonna say it's gonna take someone a while to get through it all yeah and and, and you know hey and i'm not saying i'm the only one that could do this i mean like there's some drummers i know you know killer drummers out there that would put this on and go yeah of course yeah and they'd get it but i'm saying for, for the average drummer that's in the bottom there's a lot going on that a lot of people haven't thought about inside these songs and it's not just the cool fill or the cool beat it's the transitions and it's how you make it all work and then you know and then of course if you're playing it on a drum set that sounds like it's in the ballpark it makes it that much more enticing to the uh 
the person who's watching, you know, because it's, you know, I, I, I don't think you, I don't think you'd get the uh, point across as much if you were doing it on a drum set that sounded like Steve Gadd's, you know, it's just a different, different thing happening, you know? Absolutely. Definitely. 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 Um, one, one quick thing. Do you, how much do you remember about, um, September, 2012 Marshall 50 years of loud. I think you played with my old man. Yeah, yeah, we had a great time. I was actually going to say that before when you're talking about like memorable shows and stuff. Um, that was uh, that was that was an amazing experience to play with all these great guitar players. Yeah, including your dad, you know, which I I had like I said I thought of this, but I started thinking about all these other things as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't over, blame you. over over all these years. Um, yeah, there's and there's still probably a whole mess more I could bring up, but. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that was great just because I was a house drummer and it was like, I don't know, a four hour show. And it was, you know, your, your dad, as well as my buddy, Doug Aldridge and uh, Ingve and Satriani and Zach and uh, um, Kerry King. And uh, oh, man, uh, there's just there's so many great sure. players. And Nico, Nico McBrain was a uh, co-host or hosting. And um, yeah, it was just amazing to be able to um, I was on tour with this uh little thing myself doug aldrich and white snakes bass player michael devon the three of us had a little trio called steamroller and we we're just doing clubs in in europe and in between we had that 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 did that uh that date happened at what was a when wembley arena right i think at, so yeah yeah i did yeah, I, I annoyingly didn't go i wish i'd gone but um my, my, yeah, my younger so brother was, went yeah but it but it was yeah that was great and and to make it even an even crazier day well we had like two two days of rehearsal prior to that i think but the day of the show we did a full show run through like wow which is like and then two hours later the show started it might even been an hour later i just remember doing the whole run through going in the dressing room and showering and then uh then starting again for another four hours you know wow. so it was, a, it was a really long day but it was yeah it was a great experience it was a ton of fun yeah yeah now, there's evidence on youtube for anyone that's interesting because i think it was a, obviously a one night thing so unless you were there um yeah you want to check out youtube yeah yeah, yeah. i think did uh there was glenn hughes and Ingve doing um mistreated and uh cory taylor from slipknot singing uh that's singing the, a pantera song with um with uh with carrie uh carrie king on guitar yeah, uh, yeah. yeah there's a lot a lot, lot of you know, ripper ripper owens was there you know yeah it was, it was, it was, it was killer night yeah awesome. man. sounds awesome uh, i've got a, i've got a patreon page but i've got a few questions but i'm only going to ask you one because because of the time only because i i'm interested to hear if that's cool um you've worked with a huge variety of singers this is from paul hutchins by the way from ozzy to coverdale and jeff tate to name just three those three and a number of others come with some interest in baggage. How do you approach gigs you get with more eccentric vocalists that you work with? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, no, I get it. Somebody wants to know what, what's it like to work with all these, these people with, with, um, you know, solid personalities and, and, yeah. and, uh, long ass careers, uh, in the spotlight and being stars, you know, it's like, yeah, man, there's, they're all interesting characters, but, um, they're all different. I think I was probably um, with with Ozzy. I just, uh, you know, man. I mean, he was totally cool. He was he was come in, you know, 
before the show or after the show. And it was, it was always nice. And yeah, man, he was, he was just a, a straight up nice guy, but I don't, I didn't spend like, like quality time with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Co- Coverdale, Coverdale's a little more like overall approachable. Like, I mean, he does his thing on tour, but, but you know, um, he really just wants everybody to be, like, he's always in a great mood. He's always up and he wants to feel the camaraderie of the band and be, you know, backstage, on stage, travel. Like, yeah, you, know, you could tell. I mean, so basically, just, just, you know, David wants to feel your, your energy that you're bringing him and he's giving you his energy and he wants that to be a big thing on the road and, and we're in, in working together. Um, and like I said, he's always up, he's the center of attention. He's funny, he's witty, he's quick, you know, he's, he's great. He's totally cool. And he, he lets you know what he thinks, you know? So, you know, getting, getting a band, getting white snake, you know, he, he, he wants to tell the world, Hey man, this guy's a great drummer and that's why he's in my band. So it's good for you. And he's, proud of you you know so it's a it's a th- th- that kind of vibe's always there and and jeff tate man he was he was great he was actually pretty freaking mellow like um when i toured with him um i guess there you know there's that queen's right stuff going on like he wasn't in the band but there was still the other band and i guess there was battling going on so that affected guarantees of both bands you know now you have two versions traveling around yeah. so like like so you know so i think that affected you know his you know, travel accommodate, you know, travel what he's used to travel wise and touring wise, um, budgets and all that stuff. But man, he was just, he was nothing but cool. He was just always a really nice guy. He was really mellow. Like he kept to himself, talked to you, you know, I no, but no, no ego. And, and I'm like, but you know what, this is your world. This is your vision. This is your thing. And I'm, I'm here helping out and I just want to make you happy. And I did because we worked together after that. But, uh, but yeah, man, like I didn't know him and he was just always nice and respectful, complimentary. And, and, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've seen him or worked with him, but man, every, you know, he was, he was just always nothing but nice, you know? Brilliant. Um, and, but like all of them were, you know, it was nothing but nice. He was, he was a little bit, maybe the comedian, you know, Ozzy's funny as, you know, he's, his, he's a character that's, that's Ozzy, you know, he's a character, just his voice. It's a, it's a thing, you know, we all know it. <laughs> Coverdale's more of a, com- a comedian, you know, like he's loud and boisterous and, and uppity and, you know, quick-witted, like, you know, but it makes you laugh, makes you smile because it's infectious, you know, and Jeff's more just like, hey, man, what's up? Mm-hmm. I'm not, don't worry about me here. I'm just hanging out. You know what I mean? And then he gets on stage and owns it, you know? So uh, um, it's it's always, uh, yeah, to work with people like that, I mean, because I, I look at him like, you know, I, I just want to learn from you. You've done, you've done stuff I haven't done. You've, 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 first of all, you're a singer. I wish I could sing like those guys. I wish, I mean, they're all amazing singers. They yeah. re- really are. I mean, all of them in their prime are insane. You think about Ozzy back in, in his prime with Sabbath. That, it's amazing with such a distinctive voice in Coverdale, one of the biggest, you know, mightiest rock vocalists of the vocal sounds and tones of all time. Yeah. And, and Jeff, you know, this progressive metal, you know, guy, I mean, from from the lows to the highs, Tate is insane. You know, just I mean, these guys have proven it over and over for years and years. And uh, but I just look at them like, you know, man, you know, there was a time nobody knew who you guys were, and then you brought it to the top. You took it to the top and became like, you know, where you could seriously sustain the rest of your life 
as a singer, as a frontman, and and that's what everybody knows you as and loves you as. And and I have so much respect for people like that. And you you can't help but learn from from them. You know, not yeah. it's not a drummer thing at that point. It's more of a, a an ambition goal thing. It's it's more you know, um, you know. You're just hoping some of their energy rubs rubs off on you one way or yeah. another, which it does. You know, you, it's like you always want to play with people better than you. You know, you you, you don't want to like be the you know the big fish in the small pond. You know, I'm gonna go to my local, you know, go to some small town and think I'm Mr. Cool here because I had a gig with some rock star. You know, now you want to play. You know, if you got here, you want to go to there, and then you want to go to there, and you want to keep proving yourself. And and that's in and from being around those people you know, you, you take that in, you internalize uh, those experiences and, and hopefully it just keeps going. Yeah. And you've done really well out of it and hopefully you will continue to do well. I'm going to do a quick 10 question, quick fire round that everyone does be really, really quick. All and right. then we'll wrap it up. Um, do you prefer hot or cold weather? <laughs> I should just say it. I prefer hot or cold. Hot. Okay. Daytime or nighttime? Night. Sweet or savory? Sweet. Guitar or bass? Guitar. Nylon or wood tip? Wood tip. I think I know your answer to this next one. John Bonham or Neil Peart? Peart, however you say um, it. Neil Bonham and John <laughs> Peart. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, bombs, bombs, my number one, but Pierre yeah. is number two. It's like They're so close. You know, oh man, for me, yeah. So, sorry to ask. A lot of us. Sorry to ask. Yeah, yeah. Um, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Ah, <sighs> uh, so yeah. I say, yeah. How can you? How can you really pick? Uh, let's go Beatles. Okay, okay. Clear or coated drum heads? As long as they're, as long as there's heads on the drums, um, I go coded. Yeah, I just go coded. Yeah, I like coded as well. Uh, big or small venue? Big, big. You've done lots of them. Favorite time signature to play? Um, I could say some stupid number. <laughs> that makes <laughs> no sense, but uh, twenty-five. Um, <laughs> no, man, come on, four-four. Yeah, four-four. Four four owns the planet. It does done deal. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. That's cool. Um, so the very last one that everyone does is if you could be in your dream band with yourself on drums, featuring other musicians, dead or alive. I normally say not including the band you've already played with, but you've played with so many people. I think you're going to have to include some of them if if you want. Uh, yeah, yeah, I you know pick? where you're going. It's, yeah, how would you? Uh, who would you pick? Uh, Page Plant Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. That was easy, man. That's great. Yeah, uh, but you know, but if I couldn't, if I if I had to like be a little creative, um, I just just for anybody listening that you know, and just for myself to think of this, uh, let let's go, let's go, uh, let's go, Tyler, nice, Van Halen, nice, uh, Tyler is Steven Tyler, Eddie Van Halen, and and uh and, and Chris Squire oh. from Yes. Very cool. Yeah. There you go. That's interesting. That would that's a good one. That would be that would be fun. I don't know what it would sound like, but I don't care. Yeah, it would be rad, man. It'd be rad. That's great. Well, um, 
if people want to follow you, where, where can they go? I know, I know I'm following you on a few things. Yeah, this is Instagram, Brian Tishy Drums, and uh, Twitter, this is Brian Tishy, and Facebook. Yeah, Brian Tishy. Just search yeah. And then, I think that's am it. I, am I right in thinking that you do lessons, remote lessons, if anyone wanted lessons? Do you have any spaces <laughs> available? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, it's not like a regular thing. I don't, which, but I've been getting a few more calls than normal. So yeah, I do. I do whenever uh, cool. um, somebody writes me, I hook it up, you know? Um, but it, it, it's funny you brought it up because recently I've been thinking, it's like, I should just put it out there that I'm available because, because I haven't in a while. And yeah, I really, it's just people that have, you know, either seen me do this or that, whatever. And they go, Hey, do you give lessons? You know, or I want to check, learn this, or I've started whatever it is. And I, yeah, yeah, let's do it. But I'm like, I should promote it a little bit more, you know, like, cause I don't, you know, and maybe people aren't aware of it. And that's, you know, you got to keep, keep the word out there to let people know, you know? Absolutely. So, I think yeah. I only heard about it because I listened to some other interview you did, you know, a year or two ago. And then I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not a regular thing. I know there's um, friends of mine that teach regularly and, and, uh, but, and I'm like, well, the only way I'm going to teach more is if I just let people know that I'm available. So I think I have to do that. And, uh, but yeah, I, I yeah. dig it. You know, it's, it's easy. It's like, you know, whether it's FaceTime or, or Skype or whatever, it's, it's easy, you know, it's, um, but I think teaching, I've been teaching, I mean, since I was a teenager pretty much. And, and, uh, I just, uh, <clears throat> I just go, for, what do you want to do? Where, where are you at? Let me hear you play. And what do you want to accomplish? And, and let me see what you do. And then I start from there and every, everybody's different, you know, yeah, it's not like, here's my method and you have to, uh, you know, follow these guidelines or this this is the way i do it it's not that at all but there are some basic things that it's like it's a really good idea to have you know have these things under your belt before you think you're gonna get to uh these other places you want to go you know yeah man so but right. i i love i love when uh students feel an improvement you know that's that's what they're paying you for you know and because i know those feelings you know and that's all i try and do is 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 get it where it's like you know you felt that difference you had, there was a little breakthrough yeah it's gonna make you happy it's gonna make you want to play more and you're gonna get better you know and and that's what i think a teacher should do you know not everybody's gonna be you know the, uh, the, the next um you know louis belson or or neil peart or 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 bonham but you know what with a little help they everybody can get to be better drummers yeah yeah absolutely no, great, man. That's, yeah. that's fantastic. Thanks so much for giving me your time today. Uh, we look cool. forward to whatever you've got coming up in the, in the next year or two. Um, is there anything else you want to plug or tours or anything like that? Uh, um, I'm not doing, I'm not involved with anything right now that's happening this year. I wish I was, and you never know what can, mm. can change or develop. But man, it's weird because as I say that now we're watching like this whole what do they call the Delta variant and then and, and a lot of bands have canceled stuff recently, whether it's somebody in the band getting coronavirus or they're just like doing it because for the safety of the fans and the band. So it's like it's crazy that's happening again. Everything everything got up and rolling and now a whole bunch of stuff's yeah. canceling and who knows how long that'll last. But hopefully yeah. um no, ne next year I I'm I did it a couple of years ago. There's this there's this band called bees in japan they're like the biggest they're like guns and roses meets bon jovi of japan they're massive and oh, they've wow. been massive for like 30 years and i've done a lot of recording for them over 20 years or so 
Um, so I knew the guys, but I never toured with them. And then they asked me a couple of years ago, come, come over and tour for the summer, which I did in 2019. And I was supposed to last year, but the pandemic happened. And, um, and this year was canceled as well. So I'll be over there next summer with them. Um, cool. Which is cool because it's like, at least I, I, I mean, they're, they're great. It's a great band. It's like arenas all over Japan, you know, it's great guys, you know, and it's big, loud power rock and some funk and, you know, whatever. It's a big rock show, you know, so it's a lot of fun. Um, and Japan is a killer country. You know, everybody's super nice and organized and respectful. So it's like a whole, it's a, it's yeah. a different world when you live over, live over there for a while. It's, it's an experience. But uh, yeah, I'll be doing that. And, and uh, hopefully some other stuff will pop up before then. Yeah, and there was there was a there was a couple other things that don't matter right now that I could have been involved in, but it was like I can't do two things at once, so yeah. I had to sort of figure it out. But but yeah, um, cool, cool. We'll just, we'll, uh, we'll just keep following you and find out later on whenever things happen. You dropped your sticks. <laughs> I know. No, I know. I, 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 I'm surprised it didn't happen like 20 more times. The <laughs> interview. Yeah, for anyone who's <laughs> listening on the audio, he's been kind of twirling sticks for the whole interview. So. I was, that's been exciting. That's been cool to watch. So thanks. Thanks, Brian. Um, yeah, this is a great episode. And uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Well, thank you for uh, having me on and being interested and having me on and, and let me babble um, way longer than I thought I was going to. But I, I have a tendency to do that because when you ask questions like that, it's really a it's it, it reminds me or brings up a memories spanning lots of time and lots of experiences so then i start babbling you know that's cool man maybe we can do a part two in a few years time and you'll have more yeah. stories <laughs> that'd be amazing sure. cool sure thanks brian that's been amazing and enjoy the rest of your day yeah thank, thank you thanks for having me on cheers. have a great day cheers okay bye run for the show podcast Thanks for listening to this episode of Drum for the Song podcast. If you've enjoyed this, please consider liking the video and subscribing if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. If you could leave me a review or comment, that would be fantastic too as it helps other people discover this show. Please also consider sharing this with any family members or friends who might enjoy the content. You can also follow me on social media at Dane underscore drums or at Drum for the Song or search for Drum for the Song on Facebook to follow the page and join the official Facebook group. If you'd like to support the podcast, you could purchase some merchandise from drumforthesong.com or consider supporting me via Patreon from just £3 per month for additional exclusive content like bonus episodes video calls with myself, competitions, discounts, and much more. Any additional support is always greatly appreciated, but I would like to give extra special thanks to my top-tier Groove Master patrons, whose names are listed in the description below. My name is Dane Campbell, and thanks so much for watching or listening this far. If you're a drummer, don't forget to drum for the song! <laughs>